A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Thursday from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, if you're new to the show. And I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. That's where you go. Their new app or the newest sports book to go live in Tennessee is Superbook Sports. Download the app and they will match your first bet up to $1,000 on Superbook Sports. Uh, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed at GaryAshton.com. That Intel Edge. Two Rivers Ford. That is the place that you go for all of your Ford needs. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for award-winning customer service and the non-commissioned sales staff that you know and love. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, Malik Willis. A lot of conversation around him today at Titans practice where we did the show live from. We'll be back out there live again tomorrow. Caleb Farley is going to be the guest on the radio show tomorrow. For those of you who are interested in the second-year corner and his progress, we'll be talking to Caleb Farley then. So make sure you're tuned in tomorrow around 11.15 Central Time. Um, and Coach Mack is going to do the interview with us, which is going to be a lot of fun because that's normally our regularly scheduled segment of Mac talk. But since uh, he has places to be after practice, he said, yeah, I'll sit in and do the Farley interview with you. So I think it's going to be really good. I think we're going to talk a lot of ball. I think you're going to want to be there. But in terms of what was happening on the field today, Malik Willis was the topic of a lot of conversation, not just because of play on the field, but because we spoke to assistant coaches today. So Pat O'Hara, the quarterback's coach, Keith Carter, who runs the offensive line group, uh, Scott Booker, the safeties coach. We talked to, we only get to talk to the assistants probably about once a month, but every time it's super informative. And I think we learned a lot about the progress that Malik is making. So in essence, in having a conversation, because many of you have asked me, and I'm sure you've asked Austin or Zach or whomever your Titans reporter of choice is, Titans media member of choices, I'm sure you've asked somebody at some point, what does Malik Willis have to do to pass up Logan Woodside and become the backup quarterback so that the Titans don't have to keep three on their active roster, which of course would make the math more difficult in other spots. So that's the place that we're going to start, your Two Rivers Ford take. You're going to hear from Malik. You're going to hear from quarterbacks coach Pat O'Hara. But first, I need to get your opinion on the first question of the day. The first question of the day is always your Two Rivers Ford take. And it is brought to you by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles and a car-buying experience unlike any other. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. They've been doing business since 1983. That's why they're the best, because they have that brand equity. They have a proven track record of award-winning customer service, and they want to show you how easy it can be to go through the car buying process. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So where's the one place you have to see Malik Willis improve? There's a lot of different areas that I think you can uh, that I think you can volunteer from the uh, as we do the show tonight from the Superbook Sports Studio. Where's the biggest area you want to see Malik Willis take a step? Now, admittedly, not all of you have gotten the opportunity to see Malik Willis in practice the way that we have. You will probably get your largest sample size of Malik Willis Thursday night, a week from today, 
when I am uh, going to be in Baltimore. By the way, no primetime next Thursday because I will be in Baltimore and covering the preseason game, which will start at, I believe, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock Central Time. Maybe 6 o'clock Central Time. Either way, no primetime next week or next Thursday. We'll do primetime Sunday through Wednesday, as is the custom. But for Malik Willis, if you haven't seen him and if you haven't had the opportunity to evaluate him with your own eyes, where do you, uh, where do you, where would you like to see him make the greatest strides? Derek R says the backup goat Woodside is unstoppable. He has, uh, he has fended off many challengers at this point. Logan Woodside is ability to, Logan Woodside's ability to hang on, uh, should not be underestimated. Buck Rising's burner says Malik is quarterback three end of discussion. Well, yes, but that's, I, that, no, it's not the end of the discussion because the discussion is inherently how does he become more than quarterback three? Now, he may well be quarterback three by the time camp ends. Who's to say? We have many more weeks. We're only through, what, a little over a week at this point of training camp? Um, camp opened a week ago yesterday. So, yeah, there's plenty of time for Malik Willis to grow and develop. And, and if he doesn't make sufficient strides, then you have Logan Woodside and you're in good shape. But as we talk about how Malik can advance and how Malik can make the roster cut math easier on the Titans if he does end up supplanting Woodside, well, where do you want to see him take a step? Sean Michael Hatem on Facebook Live says his footwork. It's really bad. Adam Berkowitz does agree. Uh, Derek R says rolling to his left. I'm pretty sure I heard he struggles with that. Yes, that is a that is a definitive struggle of Malik Willis. He looks awkward. Uh, he looks awkward um, rolling to his left and trying to throw. He holds onto the ball too long, says Malcolm Sell. Uh, he has to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Also a thing that is happening. He pats the ball a lot when he drops back to pass. He's patting the ball a lot before he throws. It means he's holding it. It's not good ball security. He needs to have his hand on it the entire time as he's dropping back so a defense, defensive end can't come up behind him and swipe his hand down as he goes to throw or while he's palming the football. That's a legitimate criticism of Malik Willis so far. But when we talk to, when we talk to Pat O'Hara, Pat O'Hara kind of articulated how much fun Malik is to work with for various reasons, but also where he has room to improve. Yeah, you know, with young quarterbacks, it's really cool, though, with Malik is uh, he's able to retain information really well. And so his decision-making, which we monitor, has been very good for him. And things that he hasn't had to do before relative to work from the pocket, um, his feet need to catch up with his mind. And it's getting better. It takes time, you know. Um, Malik has a very strong arm and a really cool skill set. You can't always rely on that all the time. Uh, these windows are tight. The geography is different with the hash marks in the program, which is, makes a big difference, um, in my opinion. So the other thing too is, you know, when you're when you're playing quarterback, the NFL provides protection for quarterbacks much more so than outside of the pocket. When you're in the pocket, which is the tackle box. You're protected in the head, head and neck area. You're protected from, from being hit low. You're also protected from being uh, body weight landing on top of you. The tackle has three ways of protection for a quarterback. Once you leave the tackle box, the only way, the only area you're protected is the head and neck area. So you, you, you need to operate outside the pocket, um, but you need to be able to operate from inside the pocket. Operating outside the pocket is not a problem for me. So there you hear it. Operating outside the pocket is not a problem for Malik, but he's got a lot to do as far as the operations of navigating an NFL pocket are concerned. 
that's all fair criticism. And it's it's something that he's going to we, – we knew this coming in. We knew that this was going to be a bit of a slow burn for Malik Willis. And I wrote to that effect today on A2ZSports.com. He's got plenty of time to learn and develop. But if you're talking about if, – if, if you are somebody who has asked me or anybody else in Titans Media the question, what can Malik Willis do to get the backup quarterback job and not be third on the depth chart? Well, he can start to work on his footwork. He can start to marry his footwork to his uh, to his to his processing ability, which you'll hear from him in just a second. Because you know, for quarterback, for any of you who play baseball, right? Baseball, golf. If you play basketball, if you are a guard playing basketball, what are the most important things that you have to have in sync if you're playing any of those sports or positions? Quarterback, shooting guard. If you're playing golf, or if you're a pitcher, your hands and your feet. Those two things have to be in sync. Those two things have to be operating on the same wavelength. And though that's basically, you know, it's basically the formula for hand-eye coordination, right? You have to have, you have to have the basic ability to have hand-eye coordination. Now he's got that. He's absolutely got that. But looking at uh looking at what Malik has to do, yet we talked to him about this earlier. In fact, I think the video Austin got of Malik specifically. I wasn't over there in the scrum. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez says, Pat seems like a cool dude. Dude, Pat O'Hara is uh Pat O'Hara is the man. Um, he really is. I I like Coach O'Hara a lot. Um, in getting to know him since because I'm pretty sure he came when Vrabel came in 2018. So Pat's been around for a while now. And I've really enjoyed learning about what he does. And I've been grateful for the fact that he's willing to share what he does, right? What they're working on, what kind of to explain it to people like me who haven't played the position, who haven't certainly played it at this level, or who haven't coached it to kind of understand the teaching points for a player like Malik. And it's really the first time that Pat's had to go through this with a with a with a quarterback that they knew was going to stick, because Malik Willis is going to be on the roster um, day one, regardless. Uh, as as long as he's healthy, right? Malik Willis is going to be on the Titans fifty three. So with Cole McDonald or with like Luke Falk, this was really never a, this was not a big topic of conversation because it was just like, okay, we'll see if we have something from them in camp. And if not, you know, we'll, we'll move on. Malik's going to be here. So now it's kind of a focal point. Okay. You've got to really develop this guy. And with all the raw p- parts and pieces that he has, you can do a lot, but it's going to be a process. And, and to, to have Pat there to walk us through that process and to have Pat there to help coach Malik up on that process. I think is a hugely valuable asset for the Tennessee Titans. Um, Derek West says, hasn't he been here since Vrabel got here? I remember he really worked with Marcus Mariota down to the basic fundamentals. I think Pat was on the original staff. Um, I don't think that was something that – I'm pretty sure Pat was here in 2018 when Vrabel got hired. But anyway, I want you to hear from Malik because I think when you hear it from Malik, you can kind of understand both from the coach's standpoint – and how Malik is kind of trying to recognize and process this. In training camp, what are you, what are you feeling? Uh, having fun, you know. I feel like this is definitely something different, but football is football at the end of the day, and uh, my coach is making it really easy to uh, just focus on what I need to focus on. And let me go out there and play and have fun. What do you, what do you kind of maybe most learned so far, you think, in this, in this short amount of time so far? I think I just learned the importance of uh, timing and how it affects the whole play. I feel like that's the biggest 
fortunate I've learned from. You guys had like a 23 minute period with you and Logan going back and forth with reps. How valuable was that opportunity to have that much time to, to go through a practice? I mean, it was really good because it's three of us, so we split reps how we split reps. And I just felt really good about getting that, a lot of those reps and a lot of these plays that we've been going over, but may have not a rep. And it's just been really cool. It looks like you were. He wanted you to match your footwork to your process. What does that mean? That means I'm processing faster than what I'm used to going within my footwork process. I'm processing the information and knowing what I need to do, but in order to be on time and be able to throw anticipation, I need to help my feet get up to with my processing ability. So it's like knowing what to do, but just getting the reps where you're able to do it without thinking, you know? How do you accomplish reps? So it's simply going to take reps for Malik at this point. And, uh, and I think, I think for Malik, you know, I think that's completely natural. I think he's in a good spot. And this is something that, uh, I think that this is something that he is going to, that he is going, that you're going to see that growth and development. And you'll see, you'll see the, you'll see the Rocky parts when he plays in the preseason and he will play in the preseason. Uh, I imagine both him and Woodside will play in the preseason. You'll see kind of the things that we're we're talking to him about right now, and once you once you have a visual of it, where everybody can see it, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Uh, we won't have a primetime show on Friday, obviously, but I'll do the radio show. I'll fly back from Baltimore early Friday morning, and I'll be home in time to do the show in studio on Friday. Um, yeah, it's something that uh, it's something that you'll you'll be able to see in real time, and then you'll be able to better understand kind of where Malik Willis is at in his process. But that's where he is right now. And I think it's a pretty good process, all things considered. Uh, he just needs to show he can make reads. He has the arm and the legs to be great, and he just needs to put it together with properly reading the defense. But that's the thing. It doesn't sound like he's he's having trouble reading defenses. Um, if you listen to that, that, that dialogue that O'Hara gave, the clip that we just played, it doesn't sound like he's having processing issues. It's just the idea that he's not seeing, that he's seeing it faster than his feet will adapt that his feet will get in rhythm, that his feet will get in line with where his eyes are pointed at, right? It's all about lining it up. It He's super athletically gifted, but also incredibly raw, right? So he's he, it's out based on what Pat is telling us, and, and Pat wouldn't tell us if he stunk, but based on what Pat is telling us, like that doesn't seem to be the issue. And, and really, I don't see him having issues with that on the field. When I see him having issues out on the field, it's because the throw is light. Because the 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 uh, because the footwork is light because he he's not he's not worked under center really much at all and now he's under center and it took him a second to get the ball out from Corey Levin or from Daniel Munyer or whoever the backup of uh, of Ben Jones is and and it's just it's a it's a tick slow but of course you can't be a tick slow if you're gonna uh or if you're gonna play at a high level in the NFL so the processing part isn't a the processing part isn't an issue. Um, the, the marriage of the two things is of course, what he is going to need to rep out. Sam Cardina says, well, Malik Willis have a greater ceiling than Mariota. No, no, of course not. I think that's, I think that's a completely ridiculous thing to say. I think that's, I think that's nonsense. Marcus Mariota wants, that's like saying, well, Malik Willis have a greater ceiling than Cam Newton. Marcus Mariota is one of the most electric athletes to ever play the college, the, the sport of college football. And for a time there, before he got injured. Marcus Mariota was very much on track to be one of these prototypical super athletic NFL quarterbacks that you now see to compare Malik Willis, who played 
Liberty is Division One, I, I want to say, but Marcus Mariota played in the Pac-12. He played at Oregon. He he played in a national championship game. Respectfully, um, Malik Willis doesn't have any of those accolades. So to say that it, does Malik have a greater ceiling than Marcus? Of course not. Of course not. There's nothing there to indicate that it's even close. Now, Malik, Malik, Marcus Mariota walked so Malik Willis could run, right? Because now that skill set, that skill set that Marcus had, that's a lot more common than it was at the time that Marcus came out, right? Jameis Winston is not a super mobile quarterback. Jameis Winston is a pocket passer. The draft after him, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are pocket passers. Marcus was the Marcus was the exception at the time. Now you had Cam Newtons, you had, I mean, athletic quarterbacks who were mobile in the past. There's a bunch of them kind of scattered across, but now that's much more the norm. Now Joe Burrow can run. Now Kyler Murray can run. Now the, you have all these quarterbacks who can play, um, who can play with this skill set to where Marcus is not quite an anomaly. So Marcus Mariota's skill set walked so Malik Willis's could run, but still, it's it's foolish to say that um, that the ceiling for Willis is anywhere close to what it would be for Mar- Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was a, thir- a, a the second overall pick in the first round, and Malik Willis, who fell to 86th overall, I, it's it's really easy to forget. I th- I, th- I really think I really think that his time with the Titans, and listen, this is how it goes for a lot of players. But his time with the Titans is really going to do a disservice to what Marcus Mariota was and meant for the college football game. I think, uh, I think that I think th- I really think that's the biggest shame of all of this Mariota stuff. But anyway, we'll see what he does in Atlanta. Now he's starting quarterback again, um, so we'll see what uh, what what comes of that. All right, a question for you: Why are you watching the Hall of Fame game? That's the question that I'd want to know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Why are you watching this? Slop in front of us. I I just now turned it on when I sat down to do the primetime show. I haven't. I didn't watch the first quarter, um, and I really haven't watched much since we started the primetime show. But the question is, why are you watching tonight's Hall of Fame game? Let me know in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Why on earth are you watching this terrible, terrible thing that is on our screens right now? But I bet it's going to do a big number. You guys give me your response, and uh, we will discuss it together. Right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address without stress. The Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed with the Intel Edge that only they can provide. GaryAshton.com, the best in the business. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, why are you watching the Hall of Fame game? Memory Mix says, to see the Jags get embarrassed. I, I believe they're still scoreless, or at least they were when I first looked up. It was 13 to nothing um, when I turned this thing on. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, also, because, um, also because the Yankees have the day off. Well, that's fair enough. Um, wanted to see the rookies, says Chris Bynes. Uh, I mean, I think, that, I think that's fair. And like the Jags have a lot of defensive rookies that I think are worth knowing. Now, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, they're not scheming out there in the hall of fame game, but it's, it's good to kind of get a, a, a grasp of who you're going to see twice a year in the division. Um, I watch because I miss football says burning devil 2010. That's fine. Has, has it, ha, it, are you, are you satisfied with what you're watching just because it's football? Like it's terrible football. I don't, Jake Luton is a plague. 
Jake Luton under any other circumstance would be able to gouge my eyeballs out with this red pen on my desk. Like Jake Luton in any other circumstance, I would, I would be furious to see. And yet, because there has not been a football game. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, maybe you watched the USFL. I didn't watch any of the USFL, but because there has not been a football game on my television screen since the Super Bowl, I would say to you that I'm very happy to see Jake Luton, even as I find him to be an atrocity at the position. Um, so I think, you know, it's, 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 it's like a drug addiction. We've talked about this before. Here is, here is, here is the black tar heroin in front of you. It's the hall of fame game between the Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jags with Jake Luton, the starting quarterback. I didn't even see who's playing quarterback for the Raiders tonight. I assume it's not Derek Carr. Although wait, isn't number three is not Carr. Number four is Carr. Who is number three? Um, I'm unfamiliar with who the Raiders backup quarterback is in the absence of Marcus Mariota. But anyway, why are you watching, watching the Hall of Fame game tonight? Uh, give me the comments here uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, for for me, you know, I watch because I'm probably going to have to discuss it. Now, I, to be honest with you, like I said, who is that quarterback? Who on earth is that quarterback? I've never seen that human being in my life before. Uh, Oh, Stidham. That's Stidham? That's Jared Stidham? I had no idea he was a Raider. This this is the first. See, it's always fun to have the Hall of Fame games because you're like, oh, my God, he's there? Yeah, there he is, Jared Stidham. How about that? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce that YouTube channel, but he says, Buck, do you think the Titans game will be this awful? Oh, yes, assuredly. I, I It'll it'll be slop. It'll be. Now, I bet, I bet, um, because if the, is Tyler Huntley still the backup quarterback for the Ravens this year? Um, because he he actually put together some pretty good snaps in 2021. So I I would say that Baltimore probably has the advantage there if they're going to be playing against scrubs in the first preseason game next week. But yeah, it's all it's all going to be bad. There's not going to be good preseason football. Um, that's not what it's uh that's not what it's about. Um, Steve in 1986. So Buck can complain. Listen, I always find something to complain about. Don't worry about me. Um, but as I look at this and I say, yeah, why are you watching the Hall of Fame game? Well, I mean, like I said, it's football and football is what makes the sports world go round. Quarterback for the New England Patriots is Tom Brady. He's a rookie from Michigan. He was picked in the sixth round. I I shook my head that entire time. I'm like, never has anything involving the Jacksonville Jaguars been taken that seriously. Never in the history of ever. Um, I, uh, I am, uh, I am looking forward to, I'm looking forward though, to getting back on the road, um, and covering games. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I am a homebody. I like to be in my house but I do get antsy after a while. So I like, I like the, the road trips are fun. Now I get tired. 
I get tired as the season goes on, obviously. You know, you do a lot of, I think there's what, between preseason games and Super Bowl and Senior Bowl, that'll be 11 road trips minimum. Um, and that's if the Titans don't make the playoffs because I'll go to Super Bowl anyway. So, you know, it'll uh, it'll wear on you, but I'm excited to be in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's a really cool city, and I, lo- I like that stadium a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to the preseason games just because it makes me feel like I'm getting back to work at this point. Uh, Chris Bine says he'll be there. Can I get a quick chat at the stadium? Yeah, if you see me, uh, stop by, say hi. Um, I will be uh, I will be out on the field pregame, and I will be in the press box uh, during the game. Uh, that was a vicious uh, – that hit was vicious. Ouch. Ooh, I didn't see I, – I was looking at the comment section. I didn't – who got knocked? Who got knocked out? Hopefully not Stidham. Hopefully Stidham's okay. I just found out that he was here. It would be a shame for him to have to leave already. All right. But, yes, football is back. Football is great. Football is going to keep us – it's certainly going to keep me employed, which we love to see. Um, but yeah, I think, I think most people are going to watch the, like, I think, I think the hall of fame game will do a bigger number than like an NBA finals game. I really do. Which, you know, kind of makes you sick to your stomach if you're, if you're any other sports league, but yeah, I mean, it's just people, people crave this thing in ways that are, uh, it's unlike anything else in sports. Oh, Keelan Cole got knocked the F out. That's unfortunate. Um, I didn't realize Keelan Cole was still a Jaguar. No, wait, perhaps he's a Raider. Perhaps because the Raiders were on offense. I'm disoriented. I, I can't pay attention to preseason games while I'm doing the primetime show. Anyway, uh, I think uh, uh, Jaron says, I'll be there. Can point your voice out anywhere. Yeah, buddy. I, I think I'm doing pregame radio. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure my pregame radio show starts uh, with the first preseason game. I think so. Uh, I will have to double check for you. I am unaware if that is taking place at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if, uh, if you see me on the field, holler and I'll come over and uh, – I'll come over and and, uh, say what's up. It'll be a good time. Okay, let's wrap things up with a bounce back. Who needs to bounce back in sports this week? Who needs a bounce back in sports after this week? Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is Tennessee's newest live sportsbook app. The app is incredibly easy to use if you're a first-time better. Uh... If you are somebody who does not bet very often, it is a very, very simple and clean process that you will enjoy. They have all kinds of great odds boosts on local teams in the Superbook Sports app. Very, very much worth checking out. Superbook Sports is the place that you go. They've got lines on every pro football game for the rest of the season. Plus, you can bet which team will win the title, who's your MVP, and who will surprise in the SEC, if college football is your game. You can wager on all that and more right now at Superbook Sports. Along with football, Superbook Sports accepts wagers on every other major sport. So bring Vegas to the palm of your hand. And now, Superbook will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. How about that? Get in the action right now with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, one 800 889 So, Superbook Sports, go check them out. Uh, Nashville SC has been ridiculous. Yeah, they have really struggled. Um, they have really struggled in the uh, – they're in the – they have switched to the Western Conference, if I – because I know they've jumped around a couple times, but they are now in the Western Conference again, and they have really not acclimated well, it would seem. They uh, – I have been – I have been surprised. Um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be kind of a stretch for them to make the playoffs. 
Uh, Chris Fraser says Kyler Murray needs to bounce back. I agree. Kyler has been thoroughly embarrassed up and down. I know that was more a last week thing, but still it's funny because, oh my God, he's an NFL quarterback and it needs a homework clause in his contract. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, he's, uh, okay. Those are old comments. My bad. Um, the Yankees need to bounce back. They went 13 and 13 last month. Yeah, they they made some acquisitions, I think, that are supposed to help them, but I haven't uh <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with uh I haven't been keeping up with baseball, really, if I'm being honest. I think the people that need the biggest bounce back is the is Sue L. Robinson. Because when I talk to the radio show's attorney, Dan Lust, who always makes these things easier to understand, what Dan Lust said about Sue L. Robinson chicken out, chickening out. I uh, I felt I felt that in my soul. You you read Judge Robinson's decision. Really, the first two thirds of that opinion seems like she's going to come with the hammer to right. Watson. She finds that the NFL has established their burden to show that Watson engaged in sexual assault with four different women, that he posed a, a you know a, some degree of harm to these women, um, you know, and that he he made the league look bad from a from a PR perspective, right? So the NFL has satisfied their burden. Yet she goes with a punishment six games, which is akin to what, you know, a guy like Zeke Elliott got, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, different types of allegations. Um, but I, I, I was ready for the hammer, and then I see six games, and that was surprising. So, you know, my little – mean it to be a hot take, but I, I really think Judge Robinson planned to issue a larger suspension, but then kind of chickened out when kind of, you know, took a little bit of a U-turn for whatever reason. But I, I read an opinion – that looked like it was going towards the hammer and then for whatever reason veered off track. Chickened out. That was the analysis from Dan Lust, sports attorney. Chickened out indeed. Uh, it's uh, it's something that it's something that I think everybody, I mean, the NFL is clearly taking them to task. They said six games is nonsense. And this is the, you know, it's the first time in my life I've been on the side of Roger Goodell as the overpunisher because of how egregious it is to let Deshaun Watson off in things that he has proven to have done in the five cases that they studied the NFL did it's in the opinion and he was found to have committed the behavior and once you are accused and found that you have done these things that we are talking about in at least the five instances that were uh, presented to the NFL uh, I don't care if it's 66 like the number of encounters he was um, uh, reported to have had in about 17 months I don't care if it's the 30 women that the Texans had to settle with. I don't care if it's the 24 women that filed civil suits against him. I care that it happened to one person. And if it happened to one person in the way that they are saying it, it is, then it is worth more than six games to keep Deshaun Watson off the field. I doubt it will be a full season. I imagine that if they get 12 games out of it to at least keep him off the field when the Browns are at the Texans, because they cannot have the optics of him playing back in Houston uh, and getting off lightly at this point. You have to have a situation. You have to have a situation where you keep this dude off the field. It's the first, Like I said, it's the first time in my life I've felt strongly about Roger Goodell's ability to override something. Calvin Ridley got a full season. Um, it's, it is so, as Charles, as Charles uh, Settles points out. He says, Calvin Ridley got more. Calvin Ridley got a full season. And it it sends the message that the NFL cares more about the competitive advantage, uh, the potential for compromise and competitive advantage in their games than they do about women being sexually assaulted. And that cannot exist in any kind of a professional environment whatsoever. It cannot exist in any kind of environment. Um, again, I would be, 
I would be surprised if he sits the whole if he sits the whole season. But it's it's really really something that the NFL has to be cognizant of. Um, somebody brings up Charles brings up congressional oversight. I mean, they've already gotten congressional. Dan Snyder just went and hid in the south of France while Roger Goodell is testifying in front of Congress. Uh, they are <laughs> the congressional oversight now. If you do start to compromise the product, rightfully so, in talking about, um, you know, affecting the outcomes when there's gambling involved, then you're talking about hundreds. I mean, you're talking about billions of dollars at that point that the NFL has just cracked into with the gambling piggy bank that is uh, that is available to them. But I mean, the, the NFL already has congressional oversight hovering over it, and it doesn't matter because we're still all watching Jags versus Raiders in the Hall of Fame game. With no play, no starting players that you recognize, other than Jarrett Stidham, on his—I I assume it's only his second team. I don't know. I don't think Jarrett Stidham's been anywhere but the Patriots. But again, that's going to do it for us on the primetime show tonight. Uh, I am going to be on the radio tomorrow from ten to one. You can come hang out. We live stream it. Uh, we will be live streaming from Titans Camp. Titans are off on Saturday and then back on the field on Sunday, so we'll have coverage for you then. Uh, I'm actually not going to be at practice on Sunday because I'm hosting the Music City Grand Prix on Sunday. It's going to be exciting. The VIP event on the uh, the VIP event on the General Jackson, which I'm looking forward to. I'm doing a I'm doing a Titans uh, a Titans no I'm sorry not a Titans a driver Q and A. Sorry, I got Titans on the brain because my entire life revolves around Titans at this point. Uh, I'm doing a driver Q and A on the General Jackson before the races start, so that's exciting. And I am looking forward to seeing those of you who are going to be attendants at the uh, Music City Grand Prix. Caleb Farley and Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio on the radio show tomorrow. So make sure you're there uh, and we'll have a great time. Have a great weekend if I don't talk to you then. And we will be back to start up a week where the Titans will play a game Sunday night on A to Z Sports Primetime.